Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. <laughs> I'm Emma. What the fuck? How did where, she get here? Where did this come from? I'm I'm magic. Cat, cat, check the feeds. We need to get her out of here. Okay. Uh, feed, feed, feed. Hold on. Um, I, I thought. Okay, but what if She's we? She's blocking just... me at at every every. I know. Every like, junction. okay, hold on, hold on. We need to do two keyboards at the same time. This will make it hacking. That'll that'll make hacking work better. Yes. Okay. I'm in. No, no, I'm blocking you. Okay, I'm in. No, I'm out. Fuck. Take that, bitches. Fuck. Okay, uh, Emma, Emma, wait, hold on. Will you, will you go away if I, like, feed you a little bit of blood or something? Must be blood. Must be fresh. Okay, Kira, I have bad news. Oh, no. Emma might be an alien plant from outer space. Shit. Sent as a pre-invasion force. Fuck. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me Seymour. Feed me all night long. This is terrible. Okay. (laughs) Feed me. We're all gonna die. Okay, this is the worst intro we've ever done. Kat, tell Um, me what we do on this podcast. I don't remember. (laughs) Okay, I'm Kat. You're Kira. That's Emma. What else do we say? We listen to mo- We watch- No, we don't listen to movies, goddammit, Emma. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we watch movies with no sound, no subtitles, and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler, the 1950s were a mistake. They don't. I was doing the countdown theme. Okay. So, what the fuck did I make us watch? We watched a gene kelly movie oh lordy we watched we watched a gene kelly movie called an american in paris which sounds just terribly romantic um yeah, you could say that mm. that's uh one word for it okay i have thoughts on this on this movie i um i also have thoughts yes um, but before we get into How? those thoughts, okay. I just want to make note, um, the very start of the film at the MGM logo, like it shows the MGM lion, which, you know, you can hear the lion going, roar, <laughs> cat literally saying, which is not actually a lion. That's a tiger. What? That's a tiger making the sound. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The tiger, like the actual, like, yeah, no, I gotcha.
Okay, so at the start okay, of the movie, fine. at the start of the movie, there's the picture, the title card with the lion, and Cat starts singing the fucking 20th century fox theme, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing at her. That's yeah, a fun so, story. Um, for for context, um, Emma is here visiting me, mm-hmm. and we watched the movie together, which meant that we had to watch a movie together mostly in silence <laughs> while the movie was silent. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really fucking hard. Oh, I bet. Oh god. Fuck. Okay. Like the number of times that I just wanted to like look at you and scream <laughs> because of what now you know on... how we feel emma oh no oh no this is exactly the point and like so we were talking for the listeners we've been talking offline on discord um about me doing an evil producer episode for the patreon feed and it would be me watching four of the movies in sequence in one sitting Dear God. And then having to record an episode after that, just so I have to you. also feel the pain. So, like, don't worry, I'm getting my comeuppance. It's coming. I think it's fair play. You're it's 100% fair play. Yeah, I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, keeping with um, keeping with tradition, as the movie started, I gave my guess as to where the movie was set. So I have on my notes. Okay, so if I had to guess, this movie takes place in Paris, but I'm pretty bad at guessing. literally cat said twice hey i've been there oh hey i've been there (coughs) and i made a note here that said opening sequence very long it was like oh it was so long dragged on oh my god oh yeah okay before we get too deep into this do we want to reveal what we thought the through line was on the movie we'll get into it i'm sure okay um, okay, so I'm going to give a little a bit of a spoiler of mine because um, I can tell that it's going to be different from Kat's. Um, latent homoeroticism. Okay. I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. <laughs> latent homoeroticism. Latent homoeroticism. Oh, latent homoeroticism. Oh, latent homoeroticize me. Crunchitize me, Captain. (laughs) I would like to note that I have had a little bit to drink, so I'm a little loose. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey. I'm not gonna touch that one, except I might later. That's Uh, unrelated to me drinking, actually. uh, Um, okay. My viewing was heavily drug forward. Drug forward. Okay, see... I think we all had very different reads on this movie. Yeah. Because I fi- I was I wasn't sure what it was going to be. Like I had no idea where they were going with it. Uh-huh. Until like the last 20 minutes of the movie when it struck me. She literally figured it out like 2 minutes before that ending dance sequence. Right. So spoiler alert, which we oh will talk my about later. God. That it- fucking dance sequence it was struck so right good. before the dance sequence that this was a super villain origin story and it's a prequel to the miraculous ladybug okay um okay i am into this i'm assuming that this is a film that i haven't seen oh emma it's we a... need to watch ladybug tv show like 
yeah okay it's like one of uh, as far as i uh, based on his tweets i think it's one of james damato's favorite children's animated superhero shows ah okay well in that case in that case it's, i'm in it's sometimes called the miraculous ladybug other times it's just called miraculous sometimes it's called miraculous tales of ladybug and chat noir you know like you do like you do like you do um so one of the earliest shots in the movie features two people in a window making out oh my god well one of them holds a bouquet of croissants yes establishing that it's a very french movie it's extremely french however how much do you want to bet that less than 30% of the characters actually have French accents? Oh, I can guarantee you at least two of them. Actually, no, at most two of them had French, French accents. <laughs> like the, the, like the, the cafe Because literally owners. the two patisserie owners and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Because <laughs> like the entire movie, I was like, okay, who is this titular american in paris yes and then i asked kat later on in the film okay who the fuck is the american in paris and then she said well they're all the american in paris obviously we are all the american in paris if you think about it it's a metaphor for life yeah it see that's what happens at the end of the movie there's a 15 minute dance sequence where every single person in that dance sequence raises their hand and says i'm the american in paris <laughs> no i'm the american in paris and that's why they have to dance about it for 15 <laughs> goddamn entire minutes <laughs> not gonna lie okay so so a little bit of spoilers on the uh, back end here um so I chose this film before we decided that this was going to be an Emma episode. Um, so I like watched like the first two minutes of the dance sequence and I specifically chose this film to see your thoughts on it. So I am excited to hear your thoughts, Kira, because Kat would not tell me her thoughts. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I do also want to note that this was definitely another movie uh, where... Uh, I ran into a lot of um, problems with the um, indistinguishable white guy situation. <laughs> I yes could not tell most of the main male characters apart. See, this was a rival school because it wasn't Professor Oreo's school for round face boys. It was dr triangle school for angular boys yes this was the very long face man <laughs> um isn't dr triangle copyright copy, copyrighted by uh um <laughs> by scooter i don't know is dr triangle and isosceles a copyright of sleep with me podcast mr mr isosceles thank you thank you he's never called mr isosceles it's, it's dr triangle and isosceles Dr. Triangle. Unless he's called that during the actual episodes because I fall asleep for those parts. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's part of the actual episode. I only make it to the title most of the time. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Uh, More things just like throughout the movie. There's just like stray children. Holy fuck, the children. 
Oh my god. They're just like hanging out on the street watching adults do weird shit and being extremely delighted by it. Right. That's see Paris has a truancy problem, which is how Ladybug and Chat Noir are able to fight crime. Also, I do believe that Gene Kelly has all of these children addicted to drugs. Oh, 100%. There is no way that these children are not addicted to drugs. Specifically, the drug in question here, I have named Drop Top. Drop Top. Because it comes in droppers. Interesting. We see this when the piano guy has his first scene and he's like fucking super wasted and then he sticks some dropper shit in his eyes and his nose and then he is good to go oh yeah yep so so i named him dropper dan (laughs) (laughs) i just named them after the thing that they did because i was real tired last night so i named okay so initially i named the main character dude pajama man because he was wearing pajamas (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then later he started dancing in soft shoe routine. So I started calling him Joe Shock. No, 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 no. Soft shoe Joe. Soft shoe Joe. Soft shoe Joe is the main character. I named him Art Painterman. Um, And then the piano guy, I named Gershwin Man. (laughs) Rather than like Piano Man, because that's a little bit too not 1950s. I named him Gershwin Man, partly because the film was composed by uh, George Gershwin. And also because fucking fifties, <laughs> the fucking fifties, the fucking the fucking fifties. <sighs> um, I just want to make a note here that this film was uh, released in nineteen fifty one, which at time of viewing and recording makes it sixty nine years old. This film is exactly sixty nine years old. Nice. I also, just some other dates. The movie came out in 1951. Mm -hmm. Presumably, I'm assuming filmed probably like Mm 1950-ish. Gene Kelly Mm -hmm. was born in 1912, putting him at a staggering 38 years old at time of filming. And the lead romantic interest for him was born in 1931, putting her at a cool 19. Gene Kelly. Yeah, so like well within the the Leonardo DiCaprio age range, obviously. Oh, Gene Kelly, no. <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. See, this is why Gene Kelly was a supervillain. This is, it all connects back. No 38-year-old man wants to date a 19-year-old unless they're evil. Or if it's the 1950s, apparently. Yeah. So, like, there's Pajama Man, a.k.a. Soft Shoe Joe. And, like, he gets up in the morning and he has this, like, impeccably timed routine. Where, like, he, like, dances all of his things away. Because apparently, like, apartments in Paris in 1950 are, like, tiny. Which, you know, that's like believable right apartments in toronto right now Legit. exactly Kat yeah. literally made a note saying hey look it's I, a two thousand dollar a month bedroom in toronto <laughs> it's like, yeah that's about right hey emma hey can i read my own notes please no 
Go ahead. Well, you've already stolen the thunder on that one. I would just like to be able to read my own notes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, his his fucking apartment though is rad as hell. He's got like right? everything like folds up into different shit. It's so fucking cool. And he has crew members pulling his bed up. Like it's amazing. Imagine sleeping in an apartment with stage crew above you in the rigging. Okay, imagine living below this asshole. God, the amount of noise that he would make. Yeah, just fucking dancing around constantly. Jesus Holy God. Shit. Right? Um, okay, so there's Sachu Joe. Like, he does this whole routine. And then we cut to George Gershwin men, who apparently just lights a cigarette and then just fucking immediately puts it down in the ashtray and completely forgets about it. Like, doesn't yeah. even, like, take a drag. He just, like, lights the cig, takes it out of his mouth without taking a puff, and then drops it in the cigarette tray, and then leaves it, and then we cut to a different scene. And I'm like, wait, where the fuck did the fucking cigarette go? Why did we just leave it? Well, okay, well, see, he was in serious drop-top withdrawal, so he was just, his brain was fucking gonzo. I he mean, had yeah. to get his dropper drugs. I have a theory. Okay. Hit me. That cigarette was transported through time and became the cigarette in Mr. Brightside. Ooh. Okay. Oh, we Because they never explicitly state where the cigarette comes from in Mr. Brightside, so obviously mm. it's connected. Yes. yes. I'm with you There's, there. I mean, it's the only possible explanation. Mm -hmm. There is no other possible explanation, let alone plausible. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. We've been recording for 20 minutes and we haven't even passed the main opening sequence. Oh, Lord. This fucking movie. So, he... Um... Okay, so we should probably just, like, instead of doing a play-by-play -play here, basically there are three main characters. There's droopy face piano boy. <laughs> George George Gershwinman. Dropper Dan. Mm -hmm. There's the starving artist slash gigolo. <laughs> yes. Uh, Soft Chew Joe. And then there's their singer slash dancer friend, um, Marty McCucksburg. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I called him Old Bill. Because he was the only one of them with, like, moderately graying hair. So I'm like, oh, hey, so he's clearly supposed to be an old guy. I called him Chameleon Man because I swear to God his hair color changed, like, mid-scene constantly. Ooh, yeah, oh my God. So I'm not the only one who picked on that. <laughs> okay, good. I thought I was going insane at first. I also, again, indistinguishable white man, thought he was the main character at first and then gene kelly walked in and started dancing with him <laughs> and i was like oh it's a different boy okay. okay okay so here's my thing i think that our good old pal marty mccooksburg mm -hmm. wasn't real and it was actually just part of gene kelly's imagination okay huh because the whole movie is really just Gene Kelly has a vivid imagination. Do you think... And... Do you think he... That... that Gray Hairman... Was he... 
the 20 year old's dad huh. i don't think so i also it was unclear so. to me but like here's here's the thing like maybe he's not real and he's the one who's compelling gene kelly to do great acts of evil on the city of paris okay okay so is this like a yes like a dr jekyll and mr hyde kind of situation here where like we're actually seeing the physical manifestation of that's why they look so goddamn similar okay is it gene kelly's alter ego that comes to like the forefront of his personality when he is completely blitzed out on drop top interesting so are we suggesting that george gershwin man aka long-faced piano man is he also another alter ego of of gene kelly no i think he's the manufacturer right and gene kelly is the dealer okay Okay. right right he's like the walter white versus tuco salamanca yeah okay yeah no that would explain why the uh, dealer is touching the product yeah yeah exactly um all of the children are totally fucking turbo wasted on this drug constantly because there's no other explanation for why there's an entire like gang of children who have nothing better to do all day than be super fucking excited about this shithead who just makes funny faces at them and dances all the time i literally have a note that says why are there hordes of bouncing children (laughs) okay also literally the number one rule of stage and film is no children no animals so when do the animals show up in this film also this fucking guy is a fucking lunatic like no (laughs) actual human adult has that much time and energy to just do weird shit for kids yeah i don't know when you're an artist who clearly doesn't make money except by (laughs) hooking you (laughs) probably do actually have some time fair yeah um i will note that a lot of the the choreography in this film was really fucking tight like as a theater nerd like this film had me on my ed- on the edge of my th- my on the edge of my seat. <laughs> this um, film was edging you the entire time. Literally, from what uh, I understand, <laughs> yes. Uh, this film basically only exists as a tech demo for color movies and yes. a dancing show off. Yes, I mean that's basically what this is about. Um, and at one point, Gene Kelly was doing cartwheel, sort of like pinwheels like on the spot but like he was also moving down the set and like his spotting on that was impeccable and like i just like kind of had a like a, a dance gasm there and it was like amazing a dance gasm yes so after that good spotting he starts doing this like weird like imitation choo-choo train dance move and i wrote choo-choo motherfuckers i'm getting laid tonight as he's dancing around children yeah yeah (laughs) except spoilers he was getting paid for it he's got yeah he's got this rich lady who is like buying art from him and also desperately trying to get a piece of that dick was she though like i don't even know like was she just his pimp i don't know (laughs) okay hold on i i do need to know that i did have a i did have section in my notes that as as they were like panning through paris and like 
meeting all of the neighbors and stuff like that uh-huh. I, I started singing there goes the baker with his tray like always <laughs> she actually did start singing this out oh loud oh my god and i was just dying so like i stopped taking notes for a solid two minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh my but god. i i think this rich woman is actually trying to get a piece of that gene kelly d because they basically go on a date Mm -hmm. during which he sees like the dancer girl from the chameleon man's weird drug hallucination in the mirror earlier Mm -hmm. which we totally skipped over oh yeah um yes so um before we go back to that i just want to make note that i did have names for the two of them so the one who, the lady who was, like, trying to get his dick and, like, was also buying his paintings? The blonde lady. We can the just blonde, call her the yeah. blonde lady. The one who's, like, actually his age? Yes. Um, I called her Fancy Nancy because she had a fancy apartment. Yes. And then, and then so I called the younger, like, very questionable romantic lead pairing um, I called her Dancy Nancy. So we had Fancy Nancy and Dancy Nancy. Oh, that's real good. Yeah. I just called her Dancer Girl. <laughs> that's, that's also valid. That's very fair. So I, I have a couple of notes throughout the the boring parts of this, like, dance movie. Yeah. Um, we've got, did a kid just play slap ass with him? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have... <laughs> Uh, look at the headlock. Have a look at the headlock here. I see you know your judo well because yeah. he puts a kid in a headlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that did happen. Then they go to that jazz bar, oh, and there's God. like a really, really good-looking woman who's like very butched up, and I was like, oh, someone from the Rev Gauche, <laughs> which is the Parisian left bank where all the queers hung out in the 1920s. Excellent, approved. So like, as a theater tech nerd i noticed that there was a lot as a theater nerd as a theater nerd as a trans woman um i noticed that like that entire like lounge was very hazy so i wasn't sure if that was literally just from everybody on set smoking because it was the 50s or if it was like an actual hazer machine that they were using so like i don't know it could have been either. It legitimately could have been both. I'm going to go with both. I'm going to go with both, too. Okay, so in this scene, Art Painterman is... I believe he's on a date with, with the rich woman. Yeah. And then, like, he sees the young dancer girl and then just fucking posts up and stares at her. Unblinking. Yeah. Yup. He's... Uh... A- ostensibly on a date with this other woman and he's like "Ooh, a young lady <laughs> yes um but also at that point so he's making these eyes at hers and like dancy nancy did not look comfortable oh like, she is not she, she is extremely not, not into it because and he's he, like, fucking 19 and he's like yeah what, 38 yeah 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 she is super not into it 100% not into it <sighs> and 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 then like he like convinces her to dance and she is visibly just deeply uncomfortable the entire time and finally yeah. manages to extract herself and he's just fucking rock hard over here while his date is just like 
staring at him obviously upset because what the fuck are you doing dude so i made notes here and it's like okay so as she as dancing nancy walks back to her table she's like why did you drag me away from my table i'm leaving um and then fancy nancy was upset with soft shoot joe for dancing with dancy nancy so like clearly this guy is just like an all-around fucking asshole so oh he's the worst yeah he calls dancy nancy later yeah while she's at work he calls her i don't know how he figured out where she worked he's probably got weird drug connections or something but she is having absolutely none of it i wrote down that she looks like she is ready to kick him directly in the dick over the phone Mm -hmm. but i bet they'll get together by the end of it because fuck the 50s directly to hell and then it happened i hate everything (laughs) yeah um so just before soft shoot joe like interrupted the dance scene Kat literally said oh god how long have we been going in this movie and i responded I don't think I want to know because I'm pretty sure it's way less than I think it is. Yeah, this was a long one. Yeah. Okay, so um, we find out that um, Dream Dance Girl Dancing Nancy, as we're calling her, works at a perfume store. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's, I, I don't know why I have it written there because my notes last night were very stream of consciousness and like in mm-hmm. a way that I wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because I was just really tired. That's valid. We had a long weekend. And then I also worked. It was, I don't know. Brutal. Um, but, like, I, I have um, in my notes, oh, this scene reminds me, I need to get perfume. Hey, any listeners, if you want to buy me uh, Dolce Rosa Excelsior perfume by Dolce & Gabbana, um, d- DM me and I'll send you my address. <laughs> oh, God. Except it's going to be a P.O. box because we're not doing Yeah, no, duh, it's a P.O. box. Yeah, duh. 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 It'll, like, honestly probably be one of those Amazon drop boxes at, like, Whole Foods or whatever. Do y'all know what happens after this giant slimy dick bag calls her on the phone at work? Yeah. Because after he does that, he fucking shows up at her job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he will not take no for an answer yeah she's like fucking trying to sell something to some woman and this dude is just fucking horning in i swear to god so so like so she's trying to sell this perfume to a to a customer and he like gets right up in her face while she's doing this and so she like she's obviously uncomfortable with it yeah so like he takes the perfume from her and like is comparing two perfumes for the customer and says, oh, you should obviously go with this one. And I'm like, dude, dude, can you just, like, fucking not? Like, you're doing her job for her, and you stalked her to her job. Like, Yeah. Mm. My note here... <sighs> my note here is, oh, let me guess, he's gonna help her make a sale and it's gonna win her over. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I, I have in my notes for some reason, and this is part of that stream of consciousness, just the line with a hey, nani nani, and a ha cha cha. I don't remember the context for it, but it's in this scene, either. so I assume he did like a little tap routine. Who fucking knows? Uh. Yeah, no, no, no. He did a little bit of a soft shoe there to try and win her affection. 
Um, and then he fucking, like, went the wrong way when he was trying to leave. And then she kind of, like, giggled at him, like, oh, that's cute, he's dumb. And then she had this, like, look of, like, oh, no, how should I be feeling right now? Like, he's cute and so, dumb, but also he fucking stalked me. So, he's the worst. I, I need him to die. So yeah. that's the thing. Like, I wrote, I wrote in my notes, oh, he got her on a date with good old-fashioned moxie and pulchritude. I'll be damned if he didn't bag himself a fine broad. <laughs> my note for this scene overall is, no, dancer girl, you do not need to give him the courteous of, courtesy of a smile. You need to force feed him every toxic liquid you have available to you until he is so far beyond dead that not even the deep necromancy of Drop Top can revive and him. And you know that every single one of those perfumes has toxic chemicals in it because it's the 50s. It so is the 50s. It wouldn't have been hard. Oh, and do you know what this fucking piece of giant festering shit does as he's <laughs> leaving the perfume shop after fucking bullying this woman into going on a date with him? Mm-hmm. He finds another lady just outside the door and just fucking smells her. I think it was the origin of the, the woman who was, like, getting the perfume to begin with. But, like, still. Yeah, it's still bad. It's still so it's bad. So don't shitty. do that. Hey, yeah. dude, don't, don't do that. Don't smell random women. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I know it's the 50s, but no. Fuck you. Please don't accost women on the street to smell them. <sighs> we get it, you dance. Fuck off. Um, so in this next scene transition, I noticed a woman walking her poodle. And I made note of, oh, there's the animals. We had children, and now we've got animals. So they broke the entire first rule of film and television. Yeah. <sighs> it was... It was a lot. And then they go on a date. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very boring date. Oh, it looked so bad. They were just fucking sitting by the river, and I was just fucking praying that this absolute stain on the asshole of humanity would fall into the river and fill his fucking lungs full of stanky-ass, gross, 50s, no-pollution regulations river water and die. And he didn't do it and i'm very upset i was really hoping i was like seriously hoping that he would javert himself at the end of the movie <laughs> i was like oh good the girl left him so now he's gonna commit javert and like throw himself into the sen perfect oh okay so before the date there's this like one like song where soft shoe joe and gershwinman lean like like they're singing about how Soft Chew Joe is getting more pussy than Gershwinman is. And like Gershwinman is, is like about? very fucking like upset. Mainly because he's got a huge crush on the guy. That's my theory here. And like it kind of works because at the end of this song after Soft Chew Joe dances on Gershwinman's piano they lean in and it looks like they're going to kiss for a second before like the transition fade wipes to the next scene. I'm like, oh, they absolutely. definitely fucking made out. This is the homoerotic oh, context yeah. that I subscribe for. You subscribed to this movie on YouTube. Did you also like and comment? I liked and commented and, and I rang that little bell so I got little <laughs> notifications. You joined the ding dong squad? I joined the ding dong squad. You know who else joined the ding... They, uh, I, I want to just 
note that the kissing in this movie is bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. very. It's so bad and awkward, mm-hmm. and it is absolutely a 19-year-old girl kissing a 40-year-old man. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to do it, but she's getting a film career, and she doesn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Uh, I need to take a shower after watching this movie. Oh, yeah. God. Can we just never watch any more movies from the 50s? Because I will die if we do another one. I'll see what I can do. So, like, I have in my notes that during this boring date, it just, like, kind of gets, like, dull. And then, like, at one point, Perfume Girl slash Dream Dance Girl slash Dancing Nancy slash whatever we're calling her. Mm-hmm. Like, gets up and beats cheeks to get out of there. Yeah, she's like, oh, fuck, I have to go. I I wrote in my notes, oh, no, if I'm not home before midnight, I turn into a pumpkin. (laughs) I said, oh, no, the time. And then Soft Chew Joe says, wait, don't go. We still haven't fucked. (sighs) But I have to go. Well, at least let me snog you. And, like, they do. And that's where the awkward kissing, because she's 19, comes in, and it's like, oh, fuck me. God <sighs> fucking damn it's this movie. so bad. I hate it so, so much. At least, at least I had to sit through this one, too, so, like, I'm sorry to all of us. Uh, oh. where the fuck do we go from here? There's definitely a sequence where... Um, okay, so, like, Dancing Nancy, the reason that she's running away is because she's late for the performance that she's supposed to be dancing in with old Bill as like the lead performer. I think they're dating? They are? Question mark? Um, So like clearly the guy can't take a hint even though she probably said I have a boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. Um, It's all around very bad. Yeah. So like I made note because um the set design on on old bill's like performance stage was really quite good and like the lighting design in this film overall was fantastic um yes uh but like there's this one point where he's walking up the stairs and like the chorus girls are coming down like walking down and he looks like he's going to step on one of the girls trains and like at the <gasps> last oh. second he avoided that it made I'm like me so anxious oh Thank oh, fuck. I remember that happening. The stage manager <sighs> in me was so fucking worried there. Oh god, yes. I was that was a pucker factor moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we really need to speed up. We've been doing 46 minutes on this god awful movie. Okay, so I mean, uh, we're just over halfway through. So we're good. Weird bullshit drug dream happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um and then rich woman shows back up and she's like putting him up in in like a big fancy studio Mm -hmm. i am presuming this is like in exchange for a a good solid railing on the reg Um, yes he's a carpenter he's building her railing yeah that's what i mean um I, i do have one note from the previous dream sequence and it's were you rushing or dragging? 
<laughs> because he's like he wakes up at the piano and it's like very weird like i don't understand what's going on so i just assumed that there was some sort of like oh no that was the scene where he was his own conductor that's right oh yeah that was fucking weird as sh- why did that he was happen? every member of the orchestra so when it cut to the timpani i like threw something towards the tv and said not my fucking tempo okay he was every member of the orchestra when they were focusing on individual members of the orchestra but then anytime there was just orchestra in the background they were all random people like what the fuck okay. <laughs> what are you guys doing fuck and then okay and then art boy it seems reluctant to like sign up for the studio and rail and you know associated fuck fest um and i i'm just sitting here fucking internally screaming at him like dude uh, hey dude fucking take the deal she's hot and your age what are you doing yeah right um, so when we cut, for some reason, when we cut back to this scene, like, blonde lady's room is, like, suddenly, like, a lot more white than it was before. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I made a note of, like, I think maybe this was, like, an interaction between me and Kat. But, like, I made a note saying, oh, that's an ass load of white. Welcome to the 50s. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, my God. Okay, so anytime any character was in the car like in a car this film they had it clearly on like a set and like Ooh, they the green screening is oh no good. this was before the advent of green screen so they had to manually rotoscope out the windows Fuck. of the car and it was just terrible it was like, bad oh god it was bad oh it was very also the people in this movie kiss like third graders doing it on a dare at recess right like oh my god (laughs) it's bad they just sort of mash their faces together and kind of rotate a little okay y'all can i can i confess something no no but yes okay because um I was in middle school, and my first kiss was like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, my first kiss yeah. was like that, but, like, these are fucking adults, and one, like, old teenager? Well, one of them is an adult, and one of them is technically an adult. Uh, so it, it was at this point that my phone died, so I have no further notes. Um, so I'm just gonna try and keep up. There were, like, okay... So at this point, there was half an hour left of movie and 15 minutes left of dance. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we get a scene where they, Ardo and Dancy show up at the cafe in a, like a taxi. Oh yeah. And she sees the piano man. And is like, oh, fuck, I gotta go. I know that dude. He knows me. Shit. Shit. Fuck. And tells the taxi person to just go. And Ardo is confused by this. He doesn't know why she left. And then um, her dad shows up. Her dad, boyfriend, whatever. Fucking hair dude. Old Bill. And they, him and Art Min have a very extremely homoerotic dance number together Mm -hmm. and piano man is 
dying between them because he has realized what's going on with the dancer girl mm-hmm. and he's just like seeing these two dudes who have no idea they are railing the same girl and he cannot stop smoking and sweating and it's amazing and i loved it <sighs> so like that's the thing he's like it all leads back to the fact that dance man is not real okay you think this is a public masturbation scene in a sense (laughs) but like the the thing that i'm getting from this movie is that he's told to do evil by the dance man and the painter man becomes a super villain and that's see what happens is he he goes to this so the very it's weird it's disjointed none of this movie makes sense but the very next scene they're all at a circus party it's fuck the fuck wild art man is there with rich woman because like i guess he decided to be dating her after i think i think he was hooking again i think because this is after like the dancer girl was like no we can't be together and so he was like well, I guess I'll go fuck this old woman. And she, like, rushes to her apartment, and they kiss. At which point, I'm just thinking, she's like, oh, my dear, why on earth do you smell like the pussy of a (laughs) 20-year-old? He, like, I don't know, like, it felt like... Emma, this movie didn't make a ton of sense. No, but they go to this weird fucking fever dream ass party where everybody's in absolutely outlandish black and white outfits and they're like fucking jumping from one I don't think this was a dream no it wasn't a dream it was real no it was real and it was a circus party it was a legit circus party and it was fucking absolutely insane the the French have a long history of circus party slash orgies yeah I thought I was thinking that like We've got like a weird love square going on and they absolutely need to have a fuck party. But actually what they need to do is have a fuck party without the literal child. Literally. Yes. Um, Yeah. Okay. The one costume that stood out from that entire fucking clown party thing was this one person with a pair of dice hat. Like it was a hat that was just a pair of dice. Oh, that was good. Oh, that's that's what stood out to you because what stood out to me was the adult man in public wearing a baby's bonnet (laughs) (laughs) like okay i'm not gonna shame people for age play like if you want to live your adult baby life go for it but be respectable like the rest of us with our hypno kinks and keep it private uh cat you haven't been very private about this i have not been very private about my hypno kick you have not been private at all hey everyone if you want to follow me on twitter for some good hypno kink content i like took a lot of notes this weekend and learned a lot anyway we're so close to being done with this goddamn piece of shit ass 50s movie that sucks dick but not in the fun way okay so like By the end of the movie, I thought I had taken weird dropper drugs. Yeah. So the fucking pajama clown party is, like, kind of wrapping up. And, like, Soft Schumann and Dancy Nancy go out to the fucking balcony. Or no, no, no. So so Soft Shoe Joe goes out to the balcony, wistfully looking at the fucking Eiffel Tower, which was just a fucking mat. Um, 
<laughs> like not yeah. shot on location. Obviously, saw shot in a sound stage. Um, mm-hmm. The mat was okay, but whatever. So Dancy Nancy notices that he's gone outside, and like they, she goes outside because she's head over heels now. Apparently, like, yeah. Because it's the 50s, and yeah. weird, creepy shit is supposed to work. Yeah. Um. So, like, Ugh. they talk, and, like, she's like, oh, I want to, but I can't because I'm in, uh, in love with this other man who is literally just, like, sitting behind a fucking curtain next to them, smoking a fucking cigarette the entire time. Yeah, and just, like, doesn't and notice, And this is I supposed guess? to be the big reveal. Like, we hadn't figured it out before. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the like dancer and um chameleon hair man like drive off together and she's like staring out the window wistfully at Art Boy. And Art Boy is staring wistfully into the ether yeah. because his heart is broken because he didn't get his dick wet. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So this it's, prior to this I thought this was a Deuce Bigelow prequel. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, this was the moment where my read <laughs> changed on the movie entirely. Yes. Okay. Because this is where it becomes... This is where it becomes a miraculous ladybug prequels origin story for one of the villains, mm-hmm. like Joker, but from the 1950s for a cartoon from the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah. So he goes into this, like, spiral of, like, having completely lost his mind due to, like not getting his dick wet because it's the 50s and a man should always get serviced by women in the 1950s. Yeah. And then he has this like 20 minute spiral where he becomes a supervillain and he's wearing his clown outfit which is his supervillain costume Um, and like his whole supervillain gimmick is that he calls himself the Impressionist. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Impressionist terrorizes Paris uh, by making them take the, the the stupid nose dropper drugs by putting it in the water supply yes, and other villainous like activities. This. And this he convinces good. them all that they're part of his elaborate abstract dance world through this mass hallucination induced by drugs. And that's where Ladybub and Chat Noir have to step in and beat the shit out of him 50 years later. Yes. So for context for the listeners, um, this all takes place in the form of a 15 minute long, reasonably interpretive dance sequence where it's just Gene and he's dancing and it was really well choreographed. The the choreography was great. The dance style was a very like expressionist Uh interpretive dance. Yes. The scening and the like the set design was very impressionist inspired and so it was like impressionist expressionism it was also the 50s so they of course you know probably by legal obligation had to toss in some lovely casual racism Mm -hmm. oh yeah no Mm -hmm. we we all three picked up on that i see um so they in the middle of like the fucking whatever this fucking place is there's this literal soul black man who is clearly just you know a guy they picked up off the streets of like hollywood and paid him to like wiggle his head vaguely ethnically 
<laughs> and it was super fucking racist. God, it was bad. Uh, I was like, oh, because oh, that's what this movie needed. A yeah. vague ethnic wiggling. <laughs> A vague ethnic wiggling of his head. Like, okay. So, like, this dance sequence was really well, 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 sh- well for the most part, well shot. Um, <laughs> when you like... stuttered there, it sounded like you said the scene was really well shot. yeah it was just highly welsh Uh, just Um, a weirdly welsh scene Uh, okay so um the rest of the movie is 15 minutes of the 15 minutes of men's choirs and like cymru ambeth and then they played some rugby and we call it a movie (laughs) (laughs) and then at the end after this fucking nuts balls dance <laughs> just fucking wild ass why is this here dance sequence for 15 i literally timed it 15 fucking minutes of dance yeah the car with the car. dancer girl and dancer hair man pulls back up they get out she kisses him and she runs back to art man at which point i decided oh shit, did they finally figure out that polyamory exists and all it took was a fucking 15 minute long batshit insane drug fever (laughs) dream dance number? Christ. Right? Oh god. And then, could they not have started with that? Again, I still think this was all in Gene Kelly's head (laughs) that didn't actually happen. The so plot this, thickens. Yes. Like his like, dick. Is, whenever he I sees a 20-year-old. This is all superhero, uh, super villain origin story. And, mm-hmm. like, he needs to have, like, that one last hallucination that brings him peace for a little while until his illusion is shattered when he sees her on the street with someone else. And she's also now 40. And he's 60 at this point. And then at that point, he starts poisoning the water supply. And at that point, he creates the mass hallucinations. And I assumed that, like, Ladybub's professor or whatever, or, like, predecessor was like, oh, yeah, I'll stop you. I'm a mayfly. The the miraculous mayfly. So it all all connects back to... To, to Ladybug and Chet Noir. That's that's what it comes down to, and I will not accept any other answers. I will allow it. Kat, tell sure. me what this fucking movie was actually about, please. Do we wanna do um do we wanna do mid roll first? I mean what is there to mid roll? It's mid roll. <laughs> not a bread <laughs> roll. No. A bread roll okay. for your midsection. Bip, 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 bip. Mid roll. I've had enough of those. <laughs> I need to go on a diet. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so. What do we have to plug? Um, my just fucking yeah. broken ass ability to have faith in humanity. Yeah. Um. So like I'm thinking i'm probably gonna do a like an actual edited in mid-roll for this but like we can keep going on i like it uh yeah do we want to yeah do we want to thank our patreon backers hey um actually hey there's a script hey patreon backers i just want to say are you boss thank you
You'll be boss, I'll be Dengar. Who's sneaking to bike? I'll be to bike. Okay, perfect. Wait, can I be sneak? I need to re-listen to that. I think sneak is the clone. So so I just have to do a shitty New Zealand accent like James does. <laughs> okay. Does somebody want to read this? Because I read it last week, and it'd be cool if somebody... All right, we, I'll like, read the Patreon. Yeah, okay. Hello, listeners. So we've reached that point in the show where we talk about Patreon. We love making our shows for every single listener, and we intend to keep that access free, but there's no way we could do what we do without your support. I want to thank every one of our $1 patrons. Your support means a lot to us and gives us the fire we need to keep going. Our $5 and up patrons not only give us the fire we need to keep going, but you give us the ability to take time to make more content. Claire, Emily, your support means not only that we keep I misread the thing uh, to Claire and to Emily your support not only helps keep us going but you're our first backers and that means a lot to us so thank you so much if you dear listener are enjoying our podcast and want to support us you can do so by going to patreon.com slash s-o-s-e-s media backers at the one dollar level gain access to new episodes the day before they release and at the five dollar level backers gain access episodes three days early as well as special show-based perks and their name credited in an episode make sure you stick around to the end of the episode where we'll have a preview of what you'll get if you become a patron if you aren't able to support us with money you can still do a lot to help us follow us on twitter at unsound theories give us a rating on apple podcasts google play spotify stitcher or wherever else you buy your podcasts wherever podcasts are sold as they say um you can also tell a friend that's probably the easiest way to help us out word of mouth goes a huge huge way to helping us grow uh really like like a lot without word of mouth we kind of just sit where we are so talk to your friends about our show if it makes you smile or if it makes you laugh or um if the Weird or dear God, obsession. If you want to burn the fifties like we do. Yes. If or or if our weird obsession with hair-based crime makes you very <laughs> uncomfortable. Oh my God, we didn't even fucking talk. Did y'all see the hair crime? Okay, after after the read, hold on. Okay, <laughs> I will edit um, it in. I figured I've gone on long enough now. It's time to return to me and Kira and, and our unsound theories. Also, Emma's here. Hi, now back to the show. To the show. Hey, da, 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 da. Okay. Hey, nani, nani, cha cha. Da, da, da. Okay. What was the hair-based crime that I clearly missed? You missed a hair crime. I did. Okay. So very early in the movie, when Gene uh-huh. Kelly is like walking through the city to set up his bullshit paintings by the side of the road, one of the other artists he passes has a beard. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Yes, that guy. Holy. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking wild. Oh god, that beard was I hesitate it to call it a beard. Unconscionable. I feel it was just like a rug glued to a guy's face. Yeah, it's a little strip of like extra carpeting yeah. that someone like had to cut off the edge of a roll of carpet and then oh. this man glued it to his face. <laughs> 
uh, Christ oh, Alive. No. Yeah. It's huh. so bad. There's there's a lot. I don't understand how we keep consistently coming back to hair-based crime, though. I don't know. But what Look is at... it about us that, Emma, what is it about us that makes you think we want to watch hair horror? <laughs> I'm <laughs> hair sorry. Horror. I'm so sorry. I just this put is like... a screenshot of this man's yeah, fucking facial hair. Yep. Oh, yeah. it's so bad. He's got like a slightly yeah. thicker than line beard, but it doesn't follow his jawline. It like, just sort of goes halfway down his cheek. What are you Wait, doing? Kira, how close is this to like the the strap beard that the symmetrical man had? Oh, no, no. This, this, the fucking the symmetrical man had a line beard. It followed his jawline, and it was like ballpoint pen line level thin. (laughs) (laughs) And that was in the front and the back. It like went up over his ear and then back down the back of his head. Taco was just looking at me laugh like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Tell Taco I love him. Taco. Yeah, he's not paying attention anymore. Yeah, well. Holy fuck. Okay. Um, okay, what was this fucking movie actually about? Other than, like, rape. Borderline yeah. rape. I don't know. You remapped my uh, back button to P for editing, so I lost the ability to navigate backwards. It should have um, fucking no. automatically gone back. I'm sorry. I set up a profile so that it would, should switch, but apparently it didn't like it. Okay. <sighs> An American in Paris is a 1951 American musical comedy film inspired by the 1928 orchestral composition An American in Paris by George Gershwin. Oh, uh, okay. So it's just an orchestral composition. Okay, that's fine. Yes. Okay, continue. Starring Gene Kelly, Leslie Caron, Oscar Levant, uh, Georges Guitary, uh, Nina Falk. What the, uh, the fuck? Film is- F-O-C-H. The film is set in Paris. It was directed by blah, 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 blah. Music and lyrics by the Gershwin brothers. Additional music by Saul Chaplin, the music director. Um, beep, beep, beep. An American World War II veteran, Jerry Mulligan, played by Gene Kelly, is an exuberant expatriate in Paris. It would be fucking Jerry Mulligan. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Uh, Jerry, hey Jerry, stop fucking children, will you please? She's 19 goddamn years old. I'm a giant bird, and I know this is wrong. Fuck off. Hey, it's me, Flop John. I'm the shittiest Muppet. And I'm here to say don't non-consensually steal 19-year-olds from their boyfriends. Hey, it's me, Jerry. It's me, Flapjaw. I won't come around for another six years, but I smoke enough to be in this movie, and I'm here to tell you to fuck directly off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, as I was saying, American World War II veteran Jerry Mulligan is an exuberant expatriate in Paris looking to make a reputation as a painter. His friend and neighbor, Adam Cook, played by Oscar Levant, is a struggling concert pianist. 
and longtime associate of the French singer Henri Barrel, played by uh, Monsieur Guetari. Um, yes, this is just an excuse for me to show off my French pronunciation. Um, at the ground floor bar, Henri tells Adam about his cultured girlfriend, Lise Bouvier, who I guess is uh, made out of uh, butter that he inoculated with microbes to make it, like, taste better. <laughs> <laughs> How else would she be a cultured girlfriend? Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Kat, that was... Uh, uh, Jerry joins them later before going out to sell his heart. A lonely society woman in heiress, uh, Milo Roberts, finds Jerry displaying his paintings at Montmartre and takes an interest in him and his art. She brings him to her apartment to pay for his works and invites him to a dinner party she's throwing later in the night. After singing with French children on the way home, parentheses, I got rhythm, Jerry goes up to Milo's apartment. He quickly finds out the party is actually a one-on-one date and tells Milo he has no interest in being a prostitute. It says paid escort, but I'm just going to say prostitute. Um, When he attempts to leave after giving her money back, she insists she's only interested in his art. Uh, They go to a crowded bar and Milo offers to sponsor Jerry for an art show as a friendly gesture. Some of Milo's friends arrive and while sitting with them, Jerry sees Elise seated with friends at the next table and instantly is smitten. He ignores Milo and her acquaintances and instead pretends to know Elise already to dance with her. Holy shit, this is uh, creepy. Uh, it's uh, as creepy as we thought it was. Fuck me. Oh my god. Jesus. Uh, she is standoffish and gives Jerry a fake phone number. Praxis, TBH. Jesus fuck. But is innocently corrected by someone at her table the dick oh Oh, jesus no milo is upset by jerry's behavior and suddenly decides to go home on the way home she tells jerry he was very rude cavorting with a girl he doesn't know while in her presence tired of milo jerry gets out of the car um i assume he jumps out of the moving vehicle and does a duck and roll and dies immediately and we don't have to watch the rest of the movie please can i live in that timeline the next day Jerry calls Liz at work and she tells oh. him never to call her again. A reasonable, a reasonable, fully, a very reasonable, fully reasonable. reaction. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jerry and Milo meet at a cafe and she informs him a collector is interested in his paintings and she's arranged for a showing later that day. Before going to the showing, he goes to the parfumerie where Liz oh. works what? and she contends. She consents, sorry, she consents to a late night dinner with him because of his pulchritude and moxie. She does not want to be seen eating in public with him, but they share a romantic song and dance on the banks of the Seine in the shadows of Notre Dame. Uh, However, she quickly rushes off to meet Henri after his performance. I'll build a stairway to paradise. Where Henri tells her he's been asked to go on a tour of America and asks her to marry him. Jesus Later, God. Adam humorously daydreams oh. that he is performing Gershwin's concerto in F for piano and orchestra for a gala audience in a concert hall. Oh, was As that humorous? Progresses... Sorry, what? Was that humorous? Yes, because the book was written by Gershwin, so it's like he's pl- oh look at look at me, I'm I'm a cheeky little bugger. Oh. This character's playing Gershwin music in this Gershwin piece. Ah. Uh. Uh, as the scene progresses, Adam is also revealed to be the conductor and other members of the orchestra, and even an enthusiastic audience member applauding himself at the end. 
uh, not quite my tempo. Milo gets Jerry at art studio and tells him she's planned an exhibition of his work in three months. He initially refuses the studio because he does not have the money for it, but he eventually accepts under the condition he'll pay Milo back when his art proceeds allow him to. Roughly a month later, and after much courting, Lisa abruptly runs off when she and Jerry arrive by taxi at his apartment. Jerry complains to Adam. Adam is shocked to realize both Henri and Jerry are involved with the same woman. This is the scene where he lights a cigarette and then like takes a sip of coffee immediately and dunks the cigarette oh, in yeah. coffee. Yeah, that was my favorite scene in the movie. I it was like extremely good. It was I mean, actually was funny. Yeah, it wasn't weird or uncomfortable or sexist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was literally the only part of the movie that I actually legitimately found funny. Yeah, uh, Ari and Jerry have their little gay duet mm-hmm. where they each sing about the woman that they love, unaware uh-huh. that she's the same woman. Uh huh. <laughs> that night, Jerry and Lisa reunite <laughs> at the same <laughs> place on the banks of the Seine, close to Notre Dame. She informs him she's marrying Henri the next day and going to America. Lise feels a sense of duty to Henri, to whom she feels indebted for keeping her safe during the war. Uh, she and Jerry proclaim their love for each other anyway. Feeling slighted, Jerry invites Milo to the art student's masked ball and kisses her. Okay, so the circus party was a masked ball for art students, I guess. At the raucous circus party. That explains some shit. Yeah, no, art students make, it makes sense if it's art students. (laughs) At the party, everyone is in black and white costumes. Also, the baby bonnet makes sense for an art student. Yeah. At least we have some resolution with that. I just want to say, I also loved the, the, just the, the little ironic touch where this was like a movie that was supposed to showcase color in movies and one of the big fancy scenes, everybody's in black and white. I liked that. Uh, I did enjoy so a lot of like the more artful sequences like like the dream sequences and the the um fucking clown party they had really really good contrast especially for something shot in the 50s like like shot in the 50s in color so I don't know if it's just the remastering or like but the cinematography itself was really good and the contrast in colors and like the actual color depth was like I enjoyed it. Um now if only the actual cameraman had a fucking gimbal. Fucking right. Literally so many times like they would pull focus or like you know there it, there'd be like a dolly shot and the camera was just <laughs> Oh my fucking god. Um now if yeah. only this movie wasn't made. <laughs> right if only gene uh, kelly was not allowed oh, gene kelly why is that the okay. end of the movie cat almost okay at the raucous party with everyone in black and white costumes they meet Henri and lise jerry finally tells milo about his feelings for lise Henri overhears jerry and lise saying goodbye to each other and realizes the truth as Henri and Lise drive away, Jerry daydreams about being with her all over Paris to the tune of George Gershwin's composition in American in Paris. His reverie is broken by a car horn and the sound of Henri bringing Lise back to him. Uh, some real cuck energy there. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, BCE. <laughs> Big cuck energy. I'd like to note that I do believe that I... What did I name him? 
Uh, oh, you did. Um, it was uh, something about Cuck. Yeah. Yeah, something, something about that. Something oh, about that. it was that. like McCuckin. McCucksky, or I don't know. Something it was. I called it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you did. You absolutely called it. Oh, they embrace as the Gershwin composition and the film ends. Oh, they missed a word blessedly there right before ends. <laughs> the film blessedly ends. <laughs> oh. Um, oh. Music advance, reception, box office. Aha, here we go. So, as with as with this part of the um part of the podcast, mm-hmm. awards and honors. Undeserved. Oof. Um, so let's start with uh Academy Awards. Yes. Academy Award for bullshit creepiness. <laughs> Aca- okay, Academy Award for best picture. Uh-huh. Academy Award for best art in set direction. Set decoration for absolutely. Color films. Yep. I'll allow it. Academy Award for best cinematography. Yep. Uh, so sorry, I have to note that these are Academy Award for best art set direction, comma color versus black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, Academy Award for Best Cinematography, comma, color. Academy Award for Best Costume Design, comma, color. Academy Award for Best Music, Scoring of a Musical Picture. Academy Award for Best Writing, Story, and Screenplay. Fuck you! Uh, Nominations. Academy Award for Best Director and Academy Award for Best Film Editing, neither of which won. It also won the Golden Globe for Best Picture. Um, It won... Oh, oh, Kira's not gonna like this. Um, yeah, it was nominated for Globe and Golden Globe Best Actor for Gene Kelly. Yes, it's also noted here that Gene Kelly received an Academy Award <laughs> honor for his versatility as an actor, singer, director, and dancer, and specifically for his brilliant achievements in the art of choreography on film uh, during that year's Oscars. This was Gene Kelly's only Oscar win. So he got an honorary one and nothing else. So good. Like, yeah. Fuck him. I will agree with the choreography on that because the uh, choreography, the choreography was fine. Was it needed amazing. the color work was amazing. They the needed the set decoration, the costumes, all of it fine. But Gene Kelly was a fucking pe- pedophile and I can't <laughs> stand by it. Yeah. Uh, at least they didn't God. win any awards for like best romance. I literally would have quit the podcast if you had said anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but like, what else was being produced at this time? The giant claw. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, valid. We can certainly, we can certainly see. <sighs> While you look that up, I have a few Amazon reviews I want to highlight. Perfect. Uh, we have Hit one. Me. From John J. Pomerantz, who gives this movie one star mm-hmm. with the review, it was great. Wait. You heard me. <laughs> Wait. Wait, hold up. Hold up. <laughs> it was, it was, a one it was star great. One star. Review. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Peter. <laughs> says two stars this movie is okay (laughs) that's a little bit more accurate at least uh Uh alex says two stars 
really doesn't stand the test of time. I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Susan, that. two stars, says, sucked. I guess I'm just not as cultured as everyone else. I thought this movie sucked. I was so bored and annoyed by the shallow characters that I just couldn't make it through the whole film. I would have given it one star, but I had to be fair in light of the fact that I bailed before the end. You may like it if you typically like overhyped classics. Okay, so in this was for the 24th Academy Awards. Um, it won Best Picture over a streetcar named Desire. So clearly the Academy has always been on their bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that tracks. That fully tracks. Yeah, that tracks. Um, that year Humphrey Bogart also beat out Marlon Brando for Best Actor. Um, justifiably, Vivian Lee won for um, Best Actress for playing Blanche Dubois. Um, best supporting actor, beep, 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 boop. Yeah, I th- I haven't heard of a lot of these movies. Death of a Salesman was nominated for best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture. <clears throat> anyway. Um, I just okay. need to highlight the title of one review. I'm not going to read the text because it doesn't matter, but Shoppin' Mama has given this movie five stars with the title a musical that has withstood the test of time hey shopping mama no it hasn't extremely has has not no go away forever please okay um is there another segment that we do or can we fucking end this let's be done with this bullshit ass movie i hate it so much i want to go back and watch a man of no importance again with the sound on yes instead of thinking about this movie ever again i would rather cry about the lovely adorable closeted gay man who likes oscar wilde yes than ever have to think about the gershwins i watched it with sound fuck (laughs) That is, that's a hell yeah. of a baby. Um, so for the listeners, that is going to be an upcoming episode of We've Been Thinking. Yeah. Is it not? Yes. Yes. So stay yes, tuned. Yes, it, it will be. Patreon listeners, um, your upcoming content for episode four is going to be a review of the with sound version of blah 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 yep a man of no importance and spoiler alert we are going to cry we are going to cry because the title lies the man is extremely important (laughs) yeah and deserves to be protected and loved yes (sighs) yes yes very much unlike gene kelly oh okay Yep. Who deserved his only getting an honorary Oscar because fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't care that Singing in the Rain was like a masterpiece or something. Fuck him. I mean, put, it, it put was... him in a ditch, yeah. run over him with five cars, shovel him into a wheelbarrow, and dump him into an incinerator. Fuck Gene Kelly. Yeah. Okay, y'all, I'm fucking exhausted. And we still have to pack. We still have to pack. 
Yeah. We're flying up to Toronto tomorrow. Hey, so thanks for listening. We wish we didn't watch. Yeah, fuck. Fuck. <sighs>